0: Welcome to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will nurture your soul and help you live your best life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson. Here on 96.3, HD4, and DCradio.gov. Here on the Soul Wealth Radio Show, we have wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. And these conversations are incredibly inspiring, insightful, informative. They're even illuminating. And I'm blessed to now be North of 300 shows I've had the privilege to have 300 plus conversations with some wonderful wonderful people and it's my privilege to bring these wealthy conversations that I know nurture the souls of all who are listening and my guest today I know is bringing us more of the same more of the same wisdom in 1999 She brought Brian Kest's Power Yoga DVD and taught herself how to practice yoga. Did y'all hear me? 1999. I know a lot of people are doing yoga and meditation now, but this just speaks to the spirit of a trailblazer that is in my guest today because not a lot of people of color were doing yoga in 1999 as the masses are now. And after moving to Philadelphia, she landed in a power yoga studio and discovered that yoga was much more than the postures. She, although recognized that she was strong and flexible, she was also simultaneously overwhelmed with anxiety. Through pranayama, she learned how to find stillness and discovered the peace and present moment awareness. Y'all know that's my jam. That's my language. I love that. And over the years, her yoga practice has evolved to Ashtanga, yin, restorative, hatha, 26 plus two, and Shambhala meditation. 17 years later, she decided to teach. So in 2016, she earned her RYT 200-hour certification from Sterling Hot Yoga in Puerto Morelos, Mexico, and in 2020 completed a 500 hour teacher training and a prenatal postnatal yoga teacher training certification. During her 22 years as a yoga student, she's learned that there are eight limbs of yoga and many ways to practice. She's very proud that her resume includes different teaching styles of yoga the diverse populations because yoga is for everyone. Not only is she a yogi and a teacher, who I'm going to call a master teacher because she's put in enough hours to be a master teacher, she's also an entrepreneur. And with her aunt, she established Top's Boutique, and they were inspired by each other's unique style energy and talent. She shares that she started stealing her aunt's clothes when she was in the third grade. Her aunt is so beautiful and has such a great personal style. She wanted to be just like her. And I interviewed her aunt um, and you probably heard her episode, Jackie Blue. Go back and listen to it. It's really powerful. And after 20 years in the fashion industry, my guest saw that most women are not off the rack pant height or waist to hip ratio, meaning our clothes don't necessarily fit us straight from the rack to our bodies. For most women, pant shopping is dreadful. And personally, she had a ton of tops and a couple of pairs of good pants or jeans. That's true. I'm thinking about my closet. Okay, we're gonna talk about that in just a moment. And so, together, my guest and her aunt Jackie created Tops, a beautifully curated online boutique dedicated to unique yet effortless style. They carefully select each item displayed in their clothing boutique and are always on the lookout for exciting new brands to feature. She's gonna share where you can visit them online. Uh, at the end of our conversation so your imagination can run wild and I'll tell you these pieces are really beautiful. A variety of tops suit a wide range of styles, sizes, and price points. Their goal, their aim is to inspire their customers to be the best version of themselves and feel great both inside and out. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show, Kamaria Joyner. How are you today?
1: I am so grateful and happy to be here and um, thank you a thousand times over for having me. You're welcome. What was it like listening
0: to me read your bio? What were you experiencing as I was reading your bio?
1: Oh, it was very present moment awareness. I do a lot of things. I have always done a lot of things. And I'm the person, I never stopped to smell the roses. So that was a stop to smell the roses moment. And for a moment, I'll just allow myself to be proud of myself. Good. That's that's exactly why I take
0: the time (laughs) to do that and read the bios of my guests. Because Kamaria, I have learned and experienced myself That when you are multi passioned and do a lot of things well and you do them on a high level, people like us, once we complete a task or reach a goal, we go to the next one Mm -hmm. and rarely just stop to take it all in and acknowledge how far we've come, how much we've accomplished, and that. We still have visions and dreams yet to fulfill, and at the same time, celebrate what God has already done and what we've already manifested. So that's exactly why I love reading the bios and sharing with our listeners who I'm talking to and some of the background, because people frequently draw conclusions about us based on the chapter they met us in. Mm. <laughs> and so it's important to. Create context for the conversation and for how people experience us. So, thank you for your yes to your process and for the investment of time, energy, money, and all the other sacrifices you've made because you've been doing yoga since 1999 mm-hmm. via a yoga DVD. And so, in 1999, there was no Instagram, TikTok, you know, YouTube wasn't what it is now, and so it speaks to me to the to the force of your commitment to your personal growth and evolution. Because how many black people, you know, were doing yoga in 1999 with a DVD, and it was just them in the DVD, not a lot.
1: No, oh, um, no, and even um, as I started going into studios. It really was just me and my mother. And we were, yeah, we were the only ones. And, you know, that also is a thing Um, (laughs) uh, when you're constantly in spaces of wellness where nobody really looks like you. But Uh it was a thing for me to have my mother there as um, an anchor. And that is really what kept me there um, in the times where I didn't feel welcome, whether it was just energy-wise or what my body looked like or any and all of everything.
0: What did that feel like? Because I I, I would love to explore that a bit. What was that like in spaces of wellness, right? Because today it appears, air quotes, that wellness is wellness for all people, right? But I am passionate about women like us Leading other women that look like us through these spaces. So for you, what did that feel like to experience not really being truly welcomed and what should have been a part of the healing process is feeling welcome? What was that like?
1: Oh, oof. It, 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 it is still um, a thing. And that is why uh, through my teaching style, I am very welcoming and the uh, yoga is for everybody. That is my teaching style. Um, but back then, sometimes uh, people didn't even speak. Studio owners, students, teachers uh, didn't speak uh, to us. And it was the never feeling thin enough or if I wore yellow leggings, then it's all of this uh, reaction about a color, yellow leggings. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Then it was uh, the pendulum swing the opposite way where um, people who really wanted to be welcoming were uh, disrespecting boundaries. It was always wanting us to take the picture uh, so that we can show the face of diversity. Diversity, in yeah. But there were no uh, African-American teachers, no other African-American students, but we were uh, the poster children, which feels a way. Uh, and even in um, the anatomy that was given to us, it was always uh, tuck your butt under, tuck your pelvis under. And now I know this is the way that we are shaped the tuck, the over uh, activation of the pelvic floor, all of those things are really unhealthy. So what I've learned is the same way that you can't um, extract spirit from yoga, you can't extract uh, cultural body types from the postures. Mm, what a
0: powerful awareness and hopefully a key to unlock some freedom for people. Mm-hmm. Who would be hesitant to practice because they don't look like others. Right. So good. So good. Who are you at your core, Kamaria? What are your core values?
1: Oh, my core values are love and freedom and happiness and peace. And I was telling a student um, just this morning that, yes, I am very smart, but at the core, I'm like, oh, there's butterflies up there. And uh, <laughs> that is just where I thrive in freedom and uh, ideas and uh I'm not really a process person. Uh, Thank God I have Jackie because she is very intentional about processes. And I am more about um, the journey and how things feel and uh, just not super structured. So I guess at the core, I'm just free.
0: Yeah, free spirit. Yeah. Yeah, you like butterflies?
1: I love butterflies. (laughs)
0: I somehow knew that would be your answer. (laughs) Where do you glean your inspiration? Who inspires you? What inspires
1: you? Everything. Just fashion was an amazing journey for me um, and where I landed because I always like to, it wasn't about the garment at the end. It was about the journey of it what did the designer have in mind? Where did their inspiration come from? And how did it spin into uh, a design? And then who worked on it? And then when you go back and look at, um, especially well-constructed pieces, uh-huh. edited, the tailoring that was passed down from generation to generation, and then individual merchandisers who studied lighting and music and, and all of these things, and the psychology of what makes you want to buy something. So all of those things are um, really inspiring. So I guess it's art and music and uh, just the legacy of crafts that are handed down from generation to generation, all of those things. What moved you to get into yoga in 1999?
0: What what happened that that made you say, you know what, I'm going to get this, Brian Kess Power Yoga DVD and learn this. Like what was that process for you? Even though you're not a process person, how did you get to that moment?
1: Um, I had heard about it and uh, my mother and I had taken some, some classes together and it just started as a thing that we could do together. Uh And then I saw him and his style and they were free spirited, but power yoga blended yoga and fitness together. And then the breath work and it was um, just all very freeing. And then at the end, I felt good. I really, really felt good. So um, I just fell in love with it and I dived into it. And uh, like I said, when I moved to Philadelphia, my backyard and the yoga studio's backyard faced each other. Wow, that was a sign. That was a sign. So <laughs> I just decided to start going and I ended up going every single day. And it was it just became a part of my uh, a part of my life. How
0: did you move through and into you said you used to. You, you started going every day. So my question is, in light of what you shared earlier, was this a unique space and that you did feel welcome or you pushed past the feeling of any feeling of being unwelcome to just I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do? Like, how did how did that work or was this space different? Um,
1: no, sometimes I felt welcome and sometimes I didn't. Mm-hmm. But the big thing was that um, for 90 minutes, because back then every class was 90 minutes or 120 minutes, the 60 uh-huh. minutes, uh, came later. It was for 90 minutes. Uh, I was breathing. Yeah. Uh, I still have a tendency to hold my breath all the time. And that was the anxiety, just living life, uh, waiting for the shoe to drop. So that is a holding. So for 90 minutes, I was breathing freely and moving freely. And this style of yoga, that's when I got into Ashtanga. Uh, It is the same sequence. You practice the same sequence over and over and over again. And what I liked about this place was that uh, you started as a beginner, And there they had a ticket system. So every time you practice a class, you got a ticket. And I think you had to have 50 or 75 tickets or something to move into all levels. So in that freedom, I was cultivating discipline and Uh growth, uh, just the mastery of repetition. And it was really nice to breathe and be free and also be learning and cultivating discipline at the same time.
0: You dropping nuggets, Kamaria. <laughs> you dropping nuggets, girl. You dropping the mic. And your freedom you cultivated discipline and mastery comes from repetition. That can be painted over every area of our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? If you mm-hmm. want to create mastery, be consistent. Mm-hmm. Be consistent. Yeah. I love that so much and how freedom does require discipline or your freedom will overtake you and become a distraction yeah right if you don't have a pattern or a way of being that is consistent so you know that you can be productive in your life this is just so what a beautiful beautiful conversation like I'm breathing just listening to you <laughs> do you teach meditation I do uh-huh. you have that voice <laughs> we're walking. Be oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> just visualize the sound of the waves. Like you have that voice. Share a lesson with us that after you learned the lesson from any time period in your life, share a lesson with us, Kamaria. That after you learned it, it caused you to pivot.
1: Ooh, uh, so there's two. I am not a disciplined person. So in the Ashtanga and also in the the 26 and two style, the hot yoga, uh, doing the Uh same postures over and over again, I learned that every day feels different. Uh So what do you do on the days when you're tired? What do you do on the days when you're sick? What do you do on the days when you just don't feel like it? There are modifications that you can take. Um, there are days when you hold back. There are days when you blast through and push forward, even though it is the same journey every day. yeah, so different. You show up um, differently. And what I learned is that is life. We do the That's same thing so over and over and over and over and over again. But we show up differently every single time. And um, that was a big, a really, really big one for me. And the other one, I was really fortunate to, I did visual merchandising and I also was a client manager in Bell Harbor in the fashion industry. And that is the epicenter of wealth and success.
0: Yeah, down in South Florida. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. So the pivot there was when I got into fashion, I was fast tracking. I was always getting promoted, always being recruited. So I guess on paper I was successful, but um, there were some things about that I saw that uh, I didn't like. Uh-huh. And for me, the pivot was, and I got stuck in it for a little bit, is like, I am successful on paper, but I don't necessarily like who I am in this space. So uh-huh. that was the first time where I was like, success is really personal and I have to define what that looks like for me.
0: That's so good. Oh my gosh. How many of us are successful on paper or appear to be on social media, yet we don't really like who we are? hmm or it's not congruent right. with it's what like, we are putting out into the world. Our reality, our truth is not the same. That, that is misery to me.
1: It is. It is. Um, because there were, I mean, I had clients that were, I, I, they called them VIPs and very. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. So some like celebrity clients and very wealthy clients. And they the spirit of what it took for them to get there was so inspiring, but what it took to maintain it was a lot of times it was sad. Um, And what I then learned is these are all like human conditions. Like uh, we have, you know, racism and patriarchy and homophobia and all of these things, marginalizing things that no one can deny but I think where we get lost and where we get stuck and where we will never grow as a society when we stop drawing our own lines in the sand and just recognize that these are human conditions. That's good. I'm pausing. That, that was an intentional pregnant pause <laughs> um,
0: because this is good. This is good. It's food for thought. It's uh, an impetus for reflection. I'm big on contemplation so i'm processing as i'm listening and allowing your words and wisdom to germinate, right? To take root. Because we we can learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. That makes us better, helps us evolve to live in ascended and trans- and eventually transcendent reality. So this is just so so good. We're almost getting to the end share a moment a different moment mm-hmm. that after it happened it changed you forever like after this moment happened I knew my life would never be the same
1: Oof. Uh, so it was after yoga teacher training twice mm-hmm. so and and when I mentor students I always tell them you will never be a student again Uh, And be gentle with that process. So the 200 hour is just about learning how to teach a thing. So whatever lineage that is, you're learning how to teach. And 500 hour is about the yoga philosophy. And it is about uh, learning how to manage energy. And both times, um, the 200 hour, I would say, like stepping up and becoming a teacher, it's like there are mirrors in the room and you... Transcend that as a student to become a teacher, and then let's say you have thirty-five students. Now you have thirty-five mirrors, and there's Uh, yeah, all of the judgment and that you think comes from them, but it's really just reflecting the things that you think about yourself. And then when the five hundred hour, when you go into the yoga philosophy and deeper into the anatomy and deeper into the energy, uh, for me, it was very confronting because what I realized is that in that space of we are all one, we're not. There is, I learned that there was racism, there was uh, sexism, there was homophobia, there was a whole lot that art reflected life. And that was um, a little bit crushing. And I had to challenge a lot of the information and in learning that, uh, you know, there is more than one yoga system, the Indian system of Hatha. There is uh, Katona and Yin, which comes from Taoist Chinese. There are Orishas uh, that come from the African lineages. And when you're in classrooms and you're learning and someone is saying, okay, well, Yin is not yoga, the Asian lineage, or Kemetic is not yoga, which is the African lineage. You you know, I I had to say to myself, okay, so India, so yoga started in India, came to America, but it skipped Asia and Africa. That doesn't make any sense. So, (laughs) So it's a, you know, like challenging that information and not having those challenges respected or understood. It's like, okay, some parts of this, which was my sanctuary, it's just like everything else in life. And that was um, a little bit disappointing. So um, that's when I decided, okay, I can take this knowledge and do different things with it. And um, I can respect people as they come in. I can have a higher level of respect for cultures and learning different things. I can meet People where they are, mm-hmm. student-wise, but then also learning how to set up boundaries for myself because giving all of that energy away is a lot.
0: It is, and what what leaped out at me in your sharing just now is that we all have a lens, mm-hmm. and that each lens is priority to the person who owns the lens, sure. and the power is and still being open to understanding another person's lens even if you don't agree with it it doesn't make yours better than theirs
1: no it 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 creates richness it's like if yeah. you think all of the colors of the rainbow make the rainbow yeah. And then if you reflect all the colors, I think that's the color white. And if you absorb all the colors, then that's the color black. So it all matters. It's all, <laughs> all Collectively, it all creates something bigger than the individual thing. Listen, that we we jumping
0: out right there. We get ready <laughs> to jump out the plane and get to the ground because that's a powerful, perfect place to close this conversation. Thank you. This has just been rich. This is rich. It is priceless. I love that collectively we're bigger. Yes.
1: And that is so good.
0: That is so good. How can our listeners connect with you, Kamaria? Where can they find you, shop for tops, come to a class, follow you on social media, share that information?
1: So you can follow me on social media, uh, me personally at Kamaria Joiner I try to keep it simple <laughs> for people so it's just uh my first name and last name K A M A R I A Joiner J O Y N E R and then for clothes it's at Tops Boutique all one word and we're www.thetopsboutique.com and I teach several different places uh one small and beautiful place that I'm teaching is at a full moon acupuncture and apothecary in Hamden. I am also teaching at Yoga Union in Clipper Mill. And I also do private lessons. So you are likely to find me almost any and everywhere teaching. (laughs) And where are these locations? So uh, full moon is in Hamden. And Yoga Union is in Clipper Mill. Who state stated that? Both in Baltimore.
0: Also in Baltimore. Full yeah. moon. Oh, awesome. So connect with her. Connect with my guest, Kamaria, on all social media. Connect with the Tops Boutique. And then get into our class. Thank you so much. This is just rich. Rich, rich, rich. And I invite you all to visit my website, vickyjohnson.com I am on most social media platforms at all things Vicky, and that's V I K K I. Listen, soul wealth is your birthright, it is your inheritance. Well, so go out into the world, live with passion, live with intention, live on purpose. Know that it all matters, as Kamari is so eloquently shared with us. Go out into the world, everybody. Live full so you can die empty. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul with Dr. Vicki Johnson. Soul Wealth is not just a brand. It's a lifestyle of vision, compassion, authenticity, abundance, and legacy created one conversation, one choice at a time. For more information, visit vickijohnson.com or click on soul Wealth at dcradio.gov.